0: Hey everybody. It's never heard of a podcast. Sean harwells the show where we talk about the movies and falling through the cracks, and I'm joined by not one, but two cracks today. Let's start with Craig moorhead Craig. How are you?
1: I'm um, um, I, I, my, my, cra- my cracks here. I mean that's uh, at least that. I'm not sure if my brain's caught up yet, but uh, other than that, I'm pretty good. Yeah, let's talk Hmm. about let's let's talk to our other crack while I get my crack. Okay.
0: Yeah, we have special guest Heath C. Michaels, not to be confused with any other Heath Michaels. Um, (laughs) let's see. Heath was on. God, was that season one? We did Quest for Fire. Season two. I I think that was season two. (laughs) It might have been, but way back in the yonder days, we talked to Heath about that fun film, and you suggested this movie we're going to talk about tonight. So we figured we might as well have you, Heath. How are you?
2: Hey, good. I'm the other cracker.
0: You are indeed, indeed. So tell us. I know you have a short film that's kind of doing some uh, some festival I do rounds. I do. Maybe just had a premiere. Anything you want to talk about there? Share it with the folks.
2: Yeah, sure. We we just premiered at Nightstream, which was like five different film festivals, genre film festivals that came together and did one big power epic online streaming thing. It was like Overlook, Brooklyn, Underground. Uh, popcorn Frights, it was just a bunch of them. And so we screened there, it was really great. That online film festival thing, they've been trying to figure it out. And those guys, I think nailed it. This is yeah. probably the, gonna, yeah, it's gonna be the gold standard. That's awesome. They have this thing where they do, there's a their program that they use called Event or uh, Inventive. And so they stream all their movies to that and you can watch it on your TV with Apple TV and Roku, which is a great model. So you can give filmmaker badges, and you can set the number of films and events that people can go to. And they do all that stuff through that app. And then they had this other thing they were using, which is free called Gather Town. Which I, I just, it's one of the coolest things. And you just kind of go in these pockets. So you run around, it's like a virtual bar. And you're like this eight bit, like Zelda character that you make. <laughs> and you're running That's around and you're like, it's awesome. And you run into other people and the closer you get to them, your microphone turns on, your camera turns on and you just got to chat to them. and everybody chats and moves on to other people and it's just it's not weird it's weird at first yeah but it, <laughs> it, it sounds it, weird it, but it, it gets less weird the more you use it it was really it's really great that's an interesting
1: idea yeah because i mean that's that's kind of really what the festivals are about like that part of the experience for anybody who has a movie there mm-hmm. like you want to be able to like talk to people like that like that's that's so that's great that's great they're doing that
2: yeah we're still hanging out like we have uh i met a bunch of filmmakers there that are you know we became friends and we'll have like happy hour and we'll all meet one night and just go into a different world that we created. And, you know, there's all these different ones. You can you can create your own or you can use templates. It's pretty great.
0: That's nice. Um, do you want to tell people uh, a little bit about your short film?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, so it stars Bianca Brady. It's uh, she was came from a cult film and she didn't come from a cult film. She was starred in a cult film. She that. was born. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was a very sexual film. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, 20, 2014 the movie was called Wormwood
3: uh, mm-hmm.
2: from Australia and it became this cult classic. And I ran into her with our last short film that we had that played at Toronto After Dark. And we won that series. And she was playing there and we became friends. And I told her about this one idea I had that I pitched to Fox but Fox bought a different idea that I had. And so I this was the one that I liked the most. And I said, Hey, would you be interested in, in, in acting in this? And she said, uh, of course, yeah, that'd be great. Send the script. Boom. And that was it. We flew her out. And we shot it here last November before the crazy lockdown. That's awesome.
0: Is she Australian?
2: She's Australian, but she lives in Finland now.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. She's getting married. <laughs> a slightly cheaper plane ticket then, right?
2: Yeah, it was it, was, it wasn't much. Really? It's actually fairly cheap, and Heather had points uh, for a hotel, so we put her up in a really nice hotel because nice. we had points. It's great.
0: I do want to correct you. You said Fox, and I think you meant Disney. So let's just uh, let's let's get it. Uh,
2: not at the time, still Fox.
0: Yeah, I know. Oh, actually,
2: uh, no, they've been purchased already.
0: Right. Yeah, let's <laughs> get it straight. A mess. Well, that is awesome, and um, so are is that one streaming for everybody online yet, or you're sort of waiting until after? No, the it's festival just festival. Run? Yeah. Okay. So
2: we just played night stream. And we're playing Leeds next. Leeds is a uh, Leeds, UK. Where uh, we were there last time with our last film. So this is we're taking this one back. So they invited us back. And after that, we know we haven't. I can't really talk about anything else that we're doing because everything's under embargo. But uh, ah. it's a three minutes. Awesome. It's fun.
0: Nice. Yeah. Your other short film, The World Over. That's like YouTube, Vimeo, pretty much everywhere, right? So yeah, Yeah. people should go check that one out if they haven't already. Well, so we have a lot to talk about today. The movie we're going to do is Rock and Rule, which we teed up last week from 1983. Got some lovely animation and some crazy weirdness to get into. But first, Craig, got to start, as always, it's been a little while with our recording schedule. Why don't you tell us some folks uh, what else you've seen?
1: Sean, I will. Uh, My daughter's been reading Harry Potter. She's just been burning through it Mm. every time she finishes one we watch the movie that weekend so we just watched uh harry potter and the order of the phoenix oh yeah actually we watched both order of the phoenix and we watched half blood prince oh man
0: you're getting close to the end so
1: yeah she's been completely traumatized by the events of half blood (laughs) prince both in the book and out. she's reading deathly (laughs) hollows and is just blown away that so many people are well i don't want to give any spoilers to this twenty-year-old book,
0: yeah. but they haven't been out long. It's probably okay. That's kind yeah. of what we do on this show, you know.
1: Well, for any for any eight-year-olds listening to the podcast who haven't gotten around to it, that's all, that's what I'm thinking about.
0: True. Uh, yeah, we finished
1: was. Ted Lasso, which I did too. Man, I mean, it's just yeah. I I, I love the show. It's a great little blast of positivity. Like I, I needed that show mm-hmm. more than I thought I would. And my wife and I watched Suicide Squad because it was on HBO. And uh, Kevin Hickman, Kevin Hickman, Kevin Hickman's fingerprints are all over it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Man, I would love to see of all these movies. I would love to see whatever David Ayers cut is of that movie. I felt like there were some very affecting stories in there, but like I got to the end. And there's a bit where El Diablo says, "I've already lost one family. I don't want to lose another one," and I wasn't sure what he was talking about, really, <laughs> because I mean, I I understood what I was supposed to be feeling at that point, but I was just mm. like, "Damn!" It just feels like, it feels like there was a lot cut out of there that that needed to exist, because I don't know. I think there was. Yeah, I think. Well, I think I think he said he said as much early on. I love the idea of it, but I wanted more, and I demand it. You want a six-hour cut? I want a six-hour cut. I don't care. I'll go through the whole a thing. A Snyder cut? <laughs> I was going to say, is that trending
0: on social media somewhere? Yeah.
1: Let's just cut all those movies together. How about that? With all of the deleted footage. There you go. Yeah. Editors are the problem.
3: <laughs> I mean, could have told you that, yeah. yeah. Seriously,
2: editors
1: <laughs> are the problem. Just, just they're yeah. getting in the way of a good story at this point. But anyway, that's all I've got. Let's throw it okay. over. Oh, well, uh, yeah. Wait a second. Did we Did we throw it to Heath? Did we start with Heath? Yeah. No. We haven't asked sir. you. Because you were talking about your movie. You weren't
0: talking about movies you saw. Yeah, he hadn't talked about anybody else's movies. just right. me, me, me. So go ahead, throw it to Heath. So Heath, what have you been watching?
1: Well,
2: as you know, at Nightstream, uh, they had a they had a couple of premieres. Uh, there was a world premiere of a movie called Run with Sarah Paulson. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. And uh, so I watched that. It was uh, it was really good. It was extremely entertaining. The little girl it's funny. It's like, well, she's not little girl. But she's like probably... Uh, 15, 16, something like that. But she plays Sarah Paulson's daughter, and she stole the show. She was amazing. Uh, but that was that was a fun film. That's basically about this paraplegic. Well, no, she's quadriplegic, I think. Or, yeah, I don't know the difference in the terms. But she's uh <laughs> she's in a wheelchair. Okay. Uh, and her and you kind of find out that her mom might have had something to do with that. Oh, yeah, it's fun. It's a little dark. Sure, it's a uh, it's a good thriller. I think the third act wasn't my favorite i think the first two acts are very strong but that was fun uh, and then i watched a lot of really indie films some from filmmakers that i met there which i don't know would, they'll ever kind of fall into things that you guys would watch or or even things that would fall through the crack that you ever have a chance to watch later so I'm not even sure if it's worth talking about them. but uh but i did see that recently it was good
0: any one title just you want to throw out there that stood out
2: nothing that really stood out that i want to talk about is, is giving a kind of the thumbs up to okay so, not really
0: that's oh, so good. so all those all those uh, filmmaker friends you met at the festival <laughs> will be happy
2: <laughs> oh no you didn't know no, there there, <laughs> their films the guys that i knew were great okay In fact, no i actually met this this one uh multiple filmmakers there's one filmmaker nick beck her name was beck and mm-hmm. she's from new york i'm pretty sure and she had a short film that was called the three uh the three men you meet at night and uh it was really great okay. i really okay. enjoyed that one and she was a super cool filmmaker too so
0: Okay. But she's not part of the group
2: that we still hang out with.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. She got wise and left. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. She
2: got, she, she, she wised up. She didn't want to hang out with
0: us. That's good. That's cool. I, I, yeah, I'm happy to hear about those festivals and I know a bunch of them are going online this year and it's easier to attend some of them, no doubt, I would imagine, but maybe you lose yes. a little in, in some of that, but nonetheless, they carry on. That's good. Especially when theaters are, are probably going to go bankrupt any day now. Mm. So, uh, let's see. I also finished Ted Lasso, Craig, I yeah. think, uh, yes. Massive thumbs up on that one, I'd, I'd say. Uh, anybody who's got that uh, free trial of a year or however long of, of Apple TV+, Plus, that's a good one to check out. We've been watching Tiny World on Apple TV+, Plus, which is a, a documentary narrated by Paul Rudd. It's a series all about small animals. It's, it's a good family-friendly show. And they've got a documentary from Werner Herzog coming out. I just saw the trailer for it called Fireball about meteorites. So suddenly I'm interested in Apple TV. I guess, you know, it's pretty quick to uh, to make people excited about something. You get a couple good shows. Uh, also, I finished the first season of What We Do in the Shadows, finally, on FX. And that's good stuff. It's funny. It's one joke for pretty much every episode. But it's a good joke. A lot of variations and on one joke. Yeah. Yes, the cast is great. So that goes a long way. Um, rewatched Boys in the Hood for the first time, and God knows how long. Tur- there's still racism, so it still holds up, I think. You know, yeah, it turns yeah, out, not Lawrence for
1: perspective. Yeah.
0: Do you remember, by chance, the name of the character Lawrence Fishburne plays in that movie? This is a good trivia question.
1: Homer Simpson.
0: Nope. Okay. Heath? Nothing. I have no idea. Furious Styles. That's his character name. <laughs> It's a deadly serious role, and his name is Furious, Furious Style. I love. Yeah, John Singleton wrote that in college, and maybe that's why. Uh, let's see, last but not least. <laughs> no, not last but not least. Rewatch River's Edge, classic, 86. I really need to look into Tim Hunter, who directed that, and see what else he's done, because I have no clue, and i love that movie. Yeah. Last but not least was, uh, finally watched Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Anybody else seen this? No, you know I haven't this? seen it. You heard of it, right?
1: Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, definitely heard of it. Okay. Because I always think you're gonna be talking about one movie and then at the end there's that twist. Yes. And I'm like ah it's the fire.
0: Yeah difference. And uh, it's a good twist. That's all it needs. It's really, really good. I highly recommend it. It's on Hulu. Check it out. Yeah. It's been praised with reason, I think. It's a good one.
2: I think we still
1: have Hulu. I might check it out.
0: Yeah, it's it's great. It's really well made.
1: Oh, speaking of yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm going to let you finish your list.
0: That's it. That's I was going to say that's the end of the list. So. I was going
1: to add one more just because, you know, Heath is talking about some some films, and he, short films and stuff, and I saw a short film, and I don't think it's actually available anywhere, although mm-hmm. hopefully it will be sometime soon. Uh, it's a short called Good Choice. Uh, it's sort of a horror short. Uh, I wish I could remember the director. But it's based on an old 90s Red Lobster commercial. And
0: it's, <laughs> I Was not expecting that. Yeah, I love it already.
1: It's great. Yeah. If you ever, if any of you ever hear of it, if anybody like brings it up, hey man, I saw this thing. You should see. It. It's great. I wish I could like give you a link and you could watch it, but uh.
2: What what year is it from?
1: I think it's like 2017.
2: So it's fairly recent,
3: yeah. it's,
1: yeah. it's
0: got to be out floating around then. If that's. I don't
2: know. Uh,
1: I I looked for. I just got to see it because somebody was programming something for for programming something for something.
0: What's the commercial? What is the 90s? The, the
1: commercial, I mean, kind of the thrust of it is they're talking about how you can buy, and this is, to me personally, not appetizing in any way. Right. <laughs> but, but but it's like you can get 30 shrimp for like thirteen ninety nine, and they just have this <laughs> enormous plate of shrimp and they're like walking around, but it's like, oh, wow. And and so this waiter comes over to this lady and she, he's like, well, what would you like? She's like, I'm going to have a 30 shrimp for thirteen ninety nine. He goes, good choice. And they sort of like reenact the whole thing <laughs> And it just, it it goes on from there. Anyway.
2: Okay. <laughs> so they, they don't stop it. It's just kind of like, well, I'm going to get the 60 shrimp. Is it, is it that kind of thing? No.
1: No. Okay. But it's, yeah, yeah I, I would never want to give it away. It's not like it's... Okay. Y- you get it real fast. But, <laughs> well, but I, I, I wouldn't want to give away. Yeah, I got
2: one I want to give away. Okay. Oh, please. Uh, oh, God. So Zine, uh, one of our mutual friends, he showed me a short film from back in the day. And I think it played at Sundance. Have you guys ever seen it? I believe it's called... The interview or something like that i don't i don't remember the name but it starts off with the guy getting kidnapped and he wakes up and he's strapped to a table in this room anytime he yells and when his eyes are open they're being held open kind of like clockwork orange style anytime he yells a sign flashes burn it's like quiet or whatever you've seen it I've seen I,
0: I know yes i remember this yes do you remember the name of it it might be the interview or something like that
2: it's so great, but I'm going to spoil it anyway. Yes. But uh, basically, all of a sudden, one of the, the roof tiles, the ceiling tiles, opens up, yep. and there's this ass there, this asshole with balls, and this, this just descends. And it's just kind of like, it's some dude just balled up, and this chain just lowers him down. And it's right above the guy's face and he's, he can't move. He's strapped down, his eyes are open and he's like screaming and yelling. And every time he screams, he's like the, the, you know, the, the quiet sign goes burn, burn. <laughs> eventually he comes all the way down and uh, stops. And he's got like tears in his eyes. And all of a sudden they just, you see the asshole open and he goes, burr. just farts on him and then goes back up. And that's the end. And then they release him he's released. I mean, there's really no point to it, but. uh. But uh, yeah, you, you should probably cut that
0: from your podcast. No, I'm I'm keeping every <laughs> no, bit that's, of that. Yeah,
1: I'm yeah. I'm searching for it now.
0: Yeah, I had completely forgot about that one, but as soon as you started talking, I was like, Oh god, <laughs> it's yes. It's so good. It's so I remember good. That. Yeah, it's so hard. good. There's something to be said about a short film that just is like an experience instead of a story per se, you know? Right. Speaking of experiences. Uh, Let's talk about Rock and Rule, because that's an interesting one, and there's a lot to discuss here. As we mentioned last week, this is directed by Clive Smith from... Nirva? What the hell was it? Nirvana was the name of the animation studio. Nelvana. Nerv-
1: Nelvana. Nelvana, wasn't it? <laughs> Nelvana,
2: I think it's what's it's called. I think
1: it was yeah, Nelvana,
0: not Nirvana. Um, not Nirvana. Yes, the the somewhat famed, I think, Canadian animation studio, or at least the the roots of a, a very prominent animation studio out of Canada. And this is the movie. that IMDb tells us is about a malevolent rock star who kidnaps a singer to force her to participate in the summoning of a demon, and her band must help her stop him.
1: That, that covers it.
0: Kind of, yeah, kind of. We have uh, Don Franks, who did the voice of Mock. Greg Salata, who did the voice of Omar. Susan Roman did the voice of Angel, but was sung by Debbie Harry mm-hmm. of Blondie fame, right? We've got Samantha Langevin, Doing her best, Alexa as Mock's computer voice. And let's see, Dizzy, Stretch, Dan Hennessy, Greg Duffel, Duffel, we couldn't remember, uh, respectively. Duffel. duffel some sure. other folks I'm not going to mention, but Paul Lamott was in there too, who did, I think, one of the re recording after some studio stuff and ended up doing the voice of Omar, at least in the version I watched, which is on Amazon Prime. I did notice today, I think they've got the whole feature on YouTube as well. So I'm not sure which version that is. As we talked last week, there's a couple different versions floating around. Um, but as we also mentioned last week, Heath, you said this is your favorite movie of all time. And so I thought it'd be good to talk about that, right?
2: My favorite of all time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you, uh, you said I could put that on the record. So I just went ahead and put that yeah, on the okay, Yeah,
3: for sure. <laughs>
0: do you have a recollection of seeing this as a youngster were you one of these hbo folks that caught this when it aired or no was it? I,
2: honestly, I, I just saw it recently
0: okay you, so you hadn't heard or did it? Did you i stumbled
2: just... across it and i thought hey this seems like something to tweeted you guys about because i figured maybe you'd want to see it yeah did you guys last week talk about the whole history of like the boba fett from the yes okay so you guys talked about all that yeah,
0: yeah these guys have done a ton of uh like um they also did the middle juice your, animated yeah. show and yeah well it hasn't come out yet so there's there's you go but by the time obviously this one's out uh, so, be.
3: so that's probably why i thought i did i, I usually I,
2: I catch when you guys post on facebook so that makes sense that's why i missed it yeah
0: we're ahead of schedule so um so you just discovered it on amazon
2: um you know to be honest with you i don't even remember exactly i i what i do is i love catching animated movies from like the 70s and 80s and anybody talks about it online I always try to like seek it out mm-hmm. and even stuff that's modern if it's if it's really interesting um there's one you guys should definitely do it's called the amazing bulk uh, i think it's on tubi i think you guys should definitely
0: like check. a bobo version of the incredible hulk
2: oh absolutely <laughs> is it really <laughs> It's fucking great. I love it. you got to watch it. (laughs) Okay. You may not want to do a podcast on it, but you certainly should uh, at least entertain yourself and go to Tubi and look up the amazing bulk.
0: Well, I'll tell you, Amazon recommended like six other movies after watching this to me. And like, I hadn't heard of any of them. And they're all from like the 70s and 80s animated stuff. So I'm sure there's like a litany of things that are just lost to the world uh, until streaming came around. But so anyway, right. so you just kind of stumbled across it. Why don't you start off? And uh, what do you what do you think of this movie? Do you just start with a general? Did you enjoy it and then tell us a little more?
2: Well, obviously, I already told you it's my favorite movie of all time. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, aside from that, yeah. Uh,
2: no, I think I, what I liked about it was I really enjoyed the art style. You know, it had that sort of, uh, I don't know, that, that, there's something to be said about, like, the 70s and 80s, uh, like Fritz the Cat and those type of movies that have that that certain style of cell animation mm-hmm. that I really like. It's very gritty. This one was very dark, and I don't mean that tone. I just mean, in, in general, like, and a lot of it has to do with the transfer. The transfer is not great. You can tell because after they lost their money, they try to release this at theaters, and it didn't do well. They probably there's some celluloid sitting somewhere in somewhere in some warehouse, <laughs> but Canada. they had a transfer that was on like digi beta or even SVHS, and that's what this looks like was from. It looks like they just yeah. pulled this from an SVHS tape. You can see the interlacing and everything, and yeah. movements happening. So it looks like it looks like garbage, but like you can at least appreciate the animation. I thought the animation was really great. Yeah, The story was not my favorite. And but, I, you know, it felt I mean, those two guys to do the writing for that, I looked them up and they did a lot of the like Care Bears or whatever and droids animation and all this. And so it kind of felt like that kind of story, not to diminish their efforts and their artistic abilities. I'm just, it just didn't feel like a, a feature film in a sense of like a classical, like three-act structure was some thought into how that sort of fits together.
0: Yeah. That seems somewhat fair, Craig. Agree, disagree, counterpoint is yours.
1: I completely disagree, Sean. Uh, <laughs> Good. There's really, <laughs> there's really no, nothing to disagree with there. Yeah, I mean, the main draw is the animation. And you're right, there's something to me about this kind of movie, even though this one's clearly PG, but there's something great about this. Movies like uh, Heavy Metal, stuff like that, where there's kind of a feeling of like, like anything could happen in this movie. I really have no idea whose hands I'm in here. Like, this doesn't look like Disney,
0: Mm -hmm. right?
1: Exactly. Like, here's here's an animated movie that is almost never bright. It's never bright. There's never a bright, sunshiny day in this movie. Nope. And and yeah, it, it's it's um. There's a lot to appreciate on that on that level. And it and just mixing together of uh, computer animation, it looked like with uh, regular cell animation. And how the hell did they do that? And like we were talking about the clouds, like the physical clouds that they had, that they would shoot through. Yeah. As they did that, that's yeah that stuff is awesome. Yeah. So for yeah for whatever it doesn't have in story and it really de- like it doesn't really have an interesting hook yeah. even <laughs> but yeah I, you still want to watch all these characters the animation's just, beautiful know. i mean like yeah, it, it really I mean, is. it's
2: like it's really well done
1: yes and you can you can tell yeah people slaved over this like it is yes even the the uh the character design of mock is so weird
0: yeah it's yeah.
1: so bizarre you could tell they wanted it to be Mick Jagger to an Mach extent jagger yes. but i could not i couldn't figure out what his what his lips were i couldn't figure out what was happening with those lips ever it was it was it was great it was really great (laughs) to watch i i wish that transfer was better i would love to see a better transfer of it
2: yeah me too
0: me too yeah i I can't remember i think there may be a blu-ray floating around somewhere but who knows uh it's funny you mentioned the character of mock because like i had this on and had my headphones on and gretchen kind of walked behind (laughs) And she just like looked when that character was on screen. She was like, that should be voiced by Tim Curry. And I'm like, that's a good idea. I was like, that's, yeah, I could see that. (laughs) But the style of animation for that character is also like incredibly different from any of the other characters in the movie. Um, It it reminded me a little bit of, remember Eon Flux that was on uh, Liquid Television on MTV? Yeah. Yeah. Just like there's something in that that world there that it reminded me with just that character, I guess. I'm going to actually disagree with you guys and say, while I like the animation, I think the draw for me was the music, actually. I really liked a lot of the songs in this movie. Um, in fact, I was listening to the uh, one of the... It's kind of like the song, The Angel, the character, Angel, sing, Angel Sings. Debbie Harry did release it. It's called Maybe For Sure, which you can find. It's on Spotify, and I was listening. That's a good tune, man. That is I like a good it. song. Yeah, but and the, I, the
1: one that ends the movie, too? The yes, like I mean, the one
0: at the end is the duo with uh, the dude from Cheap Trick, which I don't know if that was on here or not, but uh, it, it may be floating around on Spotify somewhere. But Debbie Harry released this sort of solo version. Yeah, I don't know. I, I dug that music. I thought it was kind of cool. And um, even, like, the Earth, Wind, Fire stuff was kind of fun. But, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I mean... The club. The animation is cool, and... It is PG, and yet it's not like today's PG. No. Because there is... It's not a kid's is... movie. No. Yeah. No. They do say shit. But, it, but it's
2: not
1: super risque either.
0: No. No, but there's more than... Like that club scene. Like there's cleavage in every turn.
1: Well, there, there's the cleavage. Yeah. There's like
0: drugs. There's... Butts and you yeah, know tattoos yeah. and like... Well, there's like... one time
2: when Mock Mach, when Mach takes uh, sniffs some cocaine from his ring. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's like
1: such a great rock. Star you mode.
0: see the
2: the cocaine coming out of his ring into his nose.
0: Yeah, <laughs> not uh, not happening in today's PG world whatsoever. No. So uh, I did kind of appreciate all that stuff. Uh, I have two major dislikes. I'll say, story wise, one is that like I felt like Omar yeah it's such a classic easy setup like okay the girl singer in this band has been taken away just go get the girl like rescue the girl damsel in distress whatever she's not really damsel in distress we find out by the end but he had nothing to do i mean there were times in this movie i'm just like wait is he even still in this story where did he I go know. what happened to and he had yeah. such
2: a he had such a bad attitude the whole time yes right. he was was, just uh, a, yeah, he was just so unlikable it was ridiculous and like <laughs>
3: <laughs> I know. He was
2: so not the protagonist that you would nope. want. And I almost felt like the the people that created him just wanted to make somebody kind of cool. And it was their idea of what cool was. Yeah, he's <laughs>
0: going to stay cool the whole time. This is you like before you
2: like, you ever notice like even like back in the 80s when you made like the 80s cartoons, they, they figured out what would be cool for kids to watch. It would be like a cowabunga banana on a skateboard. Yeah. Right, right. This is that sort of thing, but for the edgy early 20-something crowd that was into rock and roll and cheap trick. And they were like, we're, they were going to, this is for them. And this character's for them. You know, he's a yeah. loner, he's a you know a stoner, even though he's not getting stoned. And that's <laughs> what I felt. Yes.
0: yes. He's so anti-authority. He can't go save his girlfriend. <laughs> he can't be bothered to get too interested.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I'll say, I'll say like the, the, my biggest qualm with the movie came like right at the top, really, really from the summary, which was like mock. And I like this part of the premise too. But Mach wants to bring an interdimensional monster into the world. Yeah. Why? What? What is that? Yeah, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Because he's you...
0: already powerful. Like Mach has everything. It said that everything. like his popularity is waning. I think a little bit his records, right. but still, it's just like
1: well, this isn't going to make him more popular. <laughs> I mean, come on. I know oh, you're
0: just going to kill people or like destroy right. the world. Okay. What's going to be
2: the ultimate show? He's now going to have a demon.
1: Yeah. Well, and I and I like that. Yeah, like that would be great. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna have the best show ever. I'm gonna bring a satanic demon into the world. True. Like a a rock star who has that much power. Like I love, I love all of that. But yeah, when you get down to it, I don't know. It seems, it seems like such a bad idea. That
0: (laughs) it's a little thin for a villain plot. But my number two big, big issue with the movie was I passionately disliked the characters of Zip Toad and Sleazy. These like the three stooges that work for my. They drove me crazy yeah the voice acting uh but, i don't even know uh, how oh, to but describe but them but there
2: right? was no but there was that was one of the greatest character arcs though
0: was that guy maybe was like,
2: Sid. like he was like <laughs> watching this most ridiculous fucking cartoon with his farmer and his cow uncle and mikey like, is this evil is yeah. like <laughs> shooting a cannon at the cow is that evil yeah. and he couldn't <laughs> process it and then at the end he realizes oh i can't be evil i'm gonna saved the yeah. day he was the, he, he actually saved the day not omar
1: and and uh like kudos to the team animating that mike show that mikey show
0: yes that was that
1: cool. that animation was fantastic that was so like uncle disturbing mikey. to me yeah uncle mikey mm-hmm. that was beautiful
2: yeah that that was my favorite part of the movie i think <laughs> okay
0: yeah i did like that part i just did not like those characters so there's these three sort of uh i don't know would you call them like goons essentially but they're yeah they're so the like figures, dopey for the most part yeah. that I don't know. Like a little went a long way, and there was a lot of them in this movie. Sure. And they have a sister named Cindy. So yeah, who yeah. apparently
2: uh, had a lot of upskirts going on. Actually.
1: Yeah,
0: a ton she did.
1: Nothing kids like more than the upskirts. That's yes. why. So
2: if you're into upskirts, definitely check out this movie because <laughs> there's a big yeah. goony goony girl that looks just like her brothers just like take the brother and put them into a skirt a little short skirt
0: but the bottom half of her body is like a completely different size from the top top right yeah there's definitely a lot
1: of joint pain in her yes
0: but it's an interesting interesting experience like i was trying to think of anything remotely to compare it to and um man i'm kind of at a loss like uh i mean i do like get crazy maybe there's some like some spiritual brethren to that movie that we talked about before, but um, I don't know. It, yeah. It's kind of cool to see uh, rock and roll bands, period, in animation. I did kind of enjoy that yeah. just as a... as a That lead.
2: part was really cool. And It kind of felt like, uh, what was the name of that, the guy that did Secret in Nim? Was that John
0: Bluther? Yeah, Bluther. Yeah, okay, yeah.
2: Yeah, it kind of had that Bluth feel. And, and, and mm-hmm. the thing is, as, as ridiculous as that story is, I don't feel like in that same time, if you look at the ilk that it's surrounded by, and even prior in the 1970s, like take Fritz the Cat, for instance. I think they were trying to, they were sort of pulling from all these other things in the time era and trying to make something that was comparable. And you know, those John Blues that came later, but even the Fritz the Cats, so they didn't make a lot of sense. And, and the stories weren't exactly, you know, straight narratives. They they were animated. So they were like, we can come up with whatever we want. So they yeah. almost felt a little drug addled sometimes, so which yeah. is what this one felt like.
0: Oh my god, yeah. There are so many sequences that are just long sequences where just stuff is happening. It's like I have a feeling this was like they were counting on most of their audience being uh you know on a substance of some kind to to, to like power them through this. Um even the sort of like representations of technology a little bit with the computer that mock talks to and like I mean, there's probably a nod to 2001 there, I guess, maybe just even in the sort of the the voicing of the computer and the way she talks and that kind of soft-spoken, seemingly friendly computer thing that has, I guess, become life-imitating art now at this point with our assistants on our phones. Right. But yeah, like the... The way she looks on screen, and there's just things like that, or I'm just like, yeah, some, somebody's doing some acid probably when they when they were creating this or watching this or, or trying to think about who to pitch it to, and yet it is PG, which is still confusing to me. Like, why? It makes me wonder if, um, you know, because it sounds like they sold to, eat, to MGM, like, why MGM or somebody didn't say, let's go further, like, let's push this to... Yeah, at least PG thirteen, if not R. Like this, it would have been an interesting R rated movie in here somewhere. I think it would have
2: been interesting if it was R. I think there's nothing about that that doesn't feel like PG to me. Like just remembering the '80s and watching HBO in the '80s, this feels like a very what a PG movie would be. It's just above like what kids should be watching. Even though we were watching that shit, Um, and it doesn't go too far. I mean, like there's there's not like a, a gratuitous nudity. There's certainly the upskirt shots of Cindy but there's not a lot of gratuitous nudity or anything like that i think there's like a butt in the the, the disco scene and then there's like a butt at one of the one of the the, the main people I think it's just like the camera booms right down into this full fat sh- ass shot outside of that there's there's not like gratuitous fritz the cat type of nudity you know yeah, yeah. um and it's not g it's not like secret of nim where you know it's just kind of just a story you're watching so i don't know to me it felt like it being PG made sense. Like it was kind of straddled where it needed to be. It could have gone further, even and still been PG in my mind. No.
0: That's a good point. You're probably you're probably very right at the time. It no, no, was. no. I am
2: I am very right. Well, he's you're probably totally, right though. No, no, i am um. am a I'm a thousand percent, fifty percent right.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there is cocaine and there's a lot. I don't know. They're they're probably pretty close to that line, so but they probably could have gone further.
1: Well, i mean that's the thing honestly yeah with without the club sequence and the cocaine yeah like there's nothing there's no. nothing really objectionable in there i don't know if my kids would be interested in it in no. general like yeah, i feel I like they would probably
2: would not not today no. no they've got lots of things they can look at on the ipad and yeah. also you can't really say that it's cocaine we know it's cocaine right but they can always say some magical power powder it's fun you know, there never...
3: yeah.
2: He's not also snorting it off out of lines. I know. He's sort of taking it from the ring, and it kind of floats up to his nose. It's cocaine.
0: (laughs) It's cocaine.
1: We'll we'll explain that to them. Yeah, on their twelfth birthday. Yeah,
0: it's going to be a good good time. I kind of feel like maybe we should do a little more plot synopsis just to get into it. It, it, If memory serves, this band, which did they have a name? Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) okay
1: they, they, they did it no they didn't at the end the one they had at the end was because they were hypnotized okay because it wasn't like the daycares or something like omar and the daycares or something was like that? that at the end really no, no it wasn't was
2: it really you, yes. <laughs> you were paying attention because you were like i really want to get into this i'm Dude. investing
1: giving us a fair omar in the daycares. i was very coked up watching this so i was like <laughs>
0: that's amazing I uh, yeah so Omar and the daycares were playing like a crappy I don't even know if it was a club that's another thing that every performance in this movie there's presumably a crowd there and yet you (laughs) never see one which is kind of genius on the animation front because you don't have to draw yeah
1: that was one of my questions about the power plant at the end because I was like is anybody here? And then at some point he grabs a bunch of audience members. I I guess they were there. I yeah. had like, no idea.
0: You can hear crowd noise, but you never see them. It's just re- dark. Yeah. Yeah. so weird. Uh, it's an interesting enough. choice. But we have our band and they're playing. And it's clear that sort of Omar is hogging the spotlight. You know, Angel has requested to do a song of hers, but is met with some resistance from her sexist asshole, uh, typical lead singer, right? Ooh. Now, uh, no. Yeah, uh, let's see. We we haven't really mentioned Dizzy and Stretch, who fill out the band. Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to remember. So Stretch is the lean fella yes. who talks a little more simply, if if I can put it politely. Sure. And Dizzy is a, uh, a larger, doggish character with glasses, who's a bit brighter. He, he's he got a lot going on in this story. I think he's actually got more than Omar by far because like his aunt is involved in the movie and he ends yeah. up sort of being yeah. like the brains of the operation. They're playing this show apparently for either some people or this guy that runs a club and Mock shows up, right? Or someone for Mock, still confused about that? No, I, th- it I was... think it was
1: Mock. I think okay. it was Mock himself. Yeah. He's got a it great def- car,
0: He does, by have the, the way. A, a it was again. definitely
1: Mock, yeah.
0: All this is sort of feeding into, like, yes, he has figured out with his computer that in order to summon the being, which is this demon, he has to find the one true special voice that can sing those perfect notes to summon this demon. And again, as Greg, you mentioned, the desire and what he's going to do with the demon is maybe a little little thin. But, uh, yeah, he wants a girl. He goes after the girl. He sends a request to have them... Uh, come to his abode and one of the things that I found kind of frustrating was Omar was like, Psh, we're not going to that obviously that's like stupid we don't need that and then cut to an exterior shot and uh, angels like we hear over voiceovers like so you are gonna come to Moxs place yeah I changed my mind and then he changes his mind again and then he changes his mind again <laughs> And like I didn't know, I never knew which way the wind was blowing with that character <laughs> as far as how he feels about mock. But they go, and Mock kind of ends up taking taking Angel and leaving the rest behind. We get a lot from Zip, Toad, and Sleazy. We meet Cindy, who is their sister, and Angel and Cindy escape to, I guess, go have fun on the town. That's what Cindy's all about when she sneaks out at nights, getting right. tattoos, living it up, boogieing down out in the city. Well, why
2: did, why did she escape then? That was the part that I didn't understand. I think it was just... It was, True. It's sort of like just to get her in the same spot where they're searching for the tattoo. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Sorry, I was I'm giving away plot points. No,
0: but that, I mean that is a good plot point because yes, um, they sort of discover that uh, it, it, to get to Mock, I think they have to find Cindy and what they know about Cindy. They don't know who she is, what she looks like, but they know that she has a tattoo of a winged heart. Yeah. So yep. they do as you do. Go to a club where she's known to be, and just start looking for tattoos on people by uh, you know
1: looking up their skirts.
0: Looking up their skirts. Essentially, I think one of them literally went inside of a woman's skirt and came yes, out through up her between. T- yeah, yeah. <laughs> right through the boobs, and um, mm-hmm. Well her boob
1: flopped onto the bar
2: too. Yes, she was a fairly voluptuous lad. lass. <laughs> she was. Lad.
1: Could, be. She could be. Could be a lad. Be. Could be.
0: That sequence is kind of fun, though. I mean, there was a flasher, like uh, one of the ladies flashes one of the dudes. You don't, you just see him from behind. But I also thought the animation of that whole club scene was worth talking about because, again, like yeah, that's probably the star of the show here. In that sequence, it's almost as if there was no floor. They tried to make it look like the floor was lit up in a lot of places and moving those lights, like those dance floors. And it's so crazy and cool-looking in a way. It's almost as if like they're floating through that whole scene, and you can yeah. kind of tell that there's, there's layers. no perspective yeah. inside that room, yeah. But I, I just thought that was all really kind of cool and interesting. Probably, as ridiculous as it is, maybe my kind of like favorite sequence of the film. Although, I, I did also like... Did I say also liked?
1: liked, yeah, it's okay.
0: Yeah. The rest of the band ends up in a car and that they can't control. I guess when they like get kicked out of Mock's place or when they flee Mock's place at the beginning and they're just like burning through the city and Zip is trying to stop the car. there's a a beat where they're like flying by this couple that's just outside leaning up against the wall. And they almost hit the dude who jumps out of the way. And did you notice like his hand ends up going on the girl's boob? And then she slaps him in the face. And it's no. a, Yeah, like I went back, I hit rewind because I was like, did I see that right? I'm sure you
2: did. You like to see hands on boobs. <laughs> Very inappropriate. Very inappropriate.
0: It's a weird thing in that there's almost like a city mouse, country mouse thing, but not really. There's Town, which is where the band is kind of from. And... Maybe where Mock lives, but then that's he, what
1: I, I understood it.
0: Right, he lives in hometown, but then they go to New York. New York. I yeah. don't know quite why, but it does build to. Uh, Mock is going to play a big show at Carnegie Hall, and then the demon. Carnegie Hall. Yeah, I know they I kept spelling they said, like, it different, yeah. and then there was one. Yeah. There was a poster that was like Carnage Hall, which I thought right. was kind of nice. But we don't ever get to actually see anything with that because I think the being destroys Carnegie Hall because of uh, an insufficient power supply or something
1: (laughs) that was yeah Yeah. that felt to me like there was going to be a sequence there and maybe they they couldn't do it and they kind of took shots from the end and just did a quick montage
0: it was that was a little confusing right but i was not clear what was happening there it
2: was just a little it was a lot confusing yeah
0: but it does, it does give them a reason to go back to Ohm Town because it's Ohm yeah. Town, O-H-M. Of course, that's where right. all the power they need is. And it just, yeah, it sets that stage for this final concert that we talked about where they do summon the demon. And uh, then we find out that, no, to save the day, it's love. You need two voices.
1: I mean, that's what the movie's really been telling us all along is that love does something
2: not enough for Omar to get excited about (laughs) okay (laughs) saving anybody yes I'm kind of in Um, love with
0: her maybe I'll care yeah so yeah the plot hinges on Angel and Omar singing together and uh I don't I wanted to ask you guys if you bought that as a resolution I'm presuming that's not been earned right
1: no
2: well that's the thing is like that's why I'm saying it's like he had an arc but really, Sid, the henchman guy, mm-hmm. watching Uncle, uh, what was his name, Uncle?
0: Mikey. Carter.
2: Yeah, Uncle Mikey. Watching that, that video, it's like, is this good or is this evil, which is the most absurd thing. And he actually learns from that, seeing what everybody around him is doing. And this is an event that actually alters the way that he views the world around him, changes his worldview. So when he actually comes out and saves the day, I was like, holy crap, there's our protagonist. We have a fucking protagonist now.
1: You had a setup, you had a (laughs) payoff.
2: Omar's the most ineffectual fucking, I could give a shit, edgy fucking cool guy. And so when he gets into doing anything, you just really, he's not gonna, he's not gonna, he's not gonna give a shit. He doesn't give a shit.
1: Yeah. Like if, if, if a duet was set up, if a duet was what you always needed, right? Like it was, it was, you could almost see a seed being planted at the beginning, just yes. with them arguing about "I'm gonna sing" or "You're gonna sing," "I'm not gonna let you sing," like that whole thing. But, but yeah, like there's he doesn't have any feelings for her. That's evidenced in the movie. There, there's right. not, and there's, right. And there's never been anything about whether or not love will defeat the demon. That's not based on right.
0: hate. I, I, so, yeah. Um, but what's that? No,
1: there's no butts.
2: Yes, there right. is. Nope, there's zero butts. <laughs> they
0: did spend some time. Omar and Angel in a car at makeout point. Remember, there he's
2: fucking. That's fucking. <laughs> that is not love. That's just him. He couldn't even give a shit. He was like, she no. was trying to jump his bones. The guy, like, one of the fucking hitchmen, come through the sunroof and hands him a business card, and he could care less about that. He cares less about anything. He's he an care about anything. fucking hipster. Yeah. <laughs> so he did yeah, not, if you, there's if you, no love there. She, okay. If you go back and watch that scene, she was all about him. Okay. he was never about her he right. could care less it was
1: annoying and there's nothing that says that he changed there's nothing no where he actually changed mm-hmm. no they, they just haven't said. so that's the thing like you could really you could take him out of the whole movie well yeah. that was what uh, i was
0: going to say because he does have okay so there's at least less we can identify he is present in the beginning of the movie
3: yeah
0: and he is present in the end of the movie is there I'm tr- I'm literally trying to think of one thing he does in the middle of the movie, and I'm. I well, I can am... tell
1: you one thing that he does in the middle of the movie. Okay, at least that I remember. Tell me if this was not him. <laughs>
0: but <laughs> it was Momar. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but there's a moment in the movie because I wanted to ask you guys about this. I'm trying to remember the details. Of course, I didn't write a good enough note here. But I can't remember if he's talking to the to the uh, the police officer. Or he's talking to somebody else. He's trying to get in somewhere that he doesn't belong. He's trying to pretend like he's an authority figure. And he's like, here, like, I'm I'm this guy. I'm this person, this this authority figure. And they look at the paper that the guy hands me. He said, this is a tuna fishing license. Yes. And the only thing I thought was, you have a tuna fishing license? <laughs> what? <are you? laughs> Who has a tuna
0: fishing license? What does that mean? Yes. That's a good question. And
1: I'm pretty sure that was Omar. So I'm like, you're tell me, your, your ass goes tuna fishing. And you don't care about shit in the world. You don't care about anything else. But but
2: he, yeah, but he, you're right. He took the time to go get, to apply for a permit. (laughs) Right.
1: He had that permission to go
2: fish too. Yeah.
0: Well, and we haven't really talked about the fact that these characters are kind of human, but kind of not. Although maybe the question is Angel, is there, there's not a whole lot about her that's really discerning her as an animal or animal esque species really i don't think uh, visually but um yeah i don't know i I forgot about that tuna fish license maybe that's what these guys are are eating you know i don't know
2: (laughs) we had the opening you had the opening crawl so to speak and explains everything it's the perfect again this is the charm of like they're not making more of these movies that this is it this is everything we have is all we have so when you find something like this, as much as I may say, I can kind of see why it wasn't popular. I do love the 1980s using the mutant animals. Yes. Like is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing. You know, they fall yeah. into some green goo. It's kind of like in the 1960s, it was gamma rays. And now it's like, you know, from the fear of like nuclear, nuclear war that was gonna happen under the Reagan administration, everybody was like, oh my God, everything's gonna be changed. It's gonna be, you know, post-apocalyptic Mad Max. And I love that for that. So these are all animals that survived. Humans were wiped out. And so they go to evolve and have these floating cars and all this. It's yeah. that part of it I think is great. Well, that's that. the
1: thing. It's it's not boring. It it yeah. could have been really boring. Yeah. <laughs> like it could yeah. have been completely dull. They could have just been normal people doing all this stuff. And and yeah, like that that part of the imagination and the creativity in this movie is fantastic. Yeah. Like that's that's the reason to watch.
0: Not the tuna fish license.
1: To official license is just the icing on the cake, brother. but <laughs> I feel like just... they
2: had a lot of like I think that's just the writers trying to come up with a joke, yes. and it feels very much like those cartoons of those those writers and the people that make this. That's kind of the jokes they would have back then. Yeah, you know, it's, not, it's not it's like... not a
1: joke that reveals a character. It's not a right. joke that that deepens the plot or anything yeah it's just it's just a joke it's just like tuna fish it, was, it, was,
2: it was like that joke that uh what was the, the guy who was it was dizzy and what was the other one stretch. stretch so stretch says something about like they put a heck on me they put a heck on us do you remember that joke yes yeah. what yes, a great is. dumb fucking awesome joke he's <laughs> like they put a heck on us and he was like hey you mean hex he goes oh there's, there's they put there's two more of than them one on us. yeah <laughs> that's great that's a great joke it's shitty it's funny it's great sure And they had all these throughout. They had all these kind of jokes that constantly were happening. He's like, I I forget all of them, but they were so good.
0: Do you remember what the cops say when they get really mad? And like when they get duped by a tuna fish license and things like that? That one cop? Mm -mm. Slime! Did you notice that? Did he yell (laughs) slime? Yes, I had the subtitles on. That's what he says. Yeah. Oh, that's great. For no particular reason. Uh, well, here's another line that I wrote down that I'm so I'm not sure it's a joke and I'm not entirely sure how to unpack it. So I ask you guys. Uh, Cindy was talking to Angel. And of course, they meet each other very quickly when Angel has kind of been taken uh, hostage by by mock. Mm. And Cindy's trying to get Angel to, to get out of there. And, you know, she's like, well, they keep this place locked up tighter than a hummingbird's tweet. Is yes. Her line. Yes. I, I don't know what that means. Do i or do i
1: it's so close to being a pg-13 joke it, it, you know yeah what I
0: mean? <laughs> it really it is. is like that's that line we were talking about right yeah locked up tighter it's almost
2: like that eastbound and down uh, joke that you guys had season two
0: yeah i remember that one
2: locked down like a little girl's
0: tuna <laughs> yes. which by the
2: way <laughs> did i tell up. you this holds up i use i used that reference one time on online forum that I was typing in and I got banned from it I'm sure you did (laughs) yes I was like and I told the mod I was like but that's from like the TV they were like well there was no context I was like okay fair enough. if
0: if memory serves it is followed up by Kenny Powers saying it's locker room talk baby like that's like he's proud of of like saying (laughs) these terrible things and that gets him out of it I was trying to think I did like this is a simple little line I wrote another one down that, that Mox said, uh, when I want your opinions, I'll give them to you. So that's a good, that's, yeah, that's a good that, yeah that I remember guy, that one. He says that Solid. to those three stooges things, but, um,
2: yeah, that was a great one. So
0: what other, what were any other highlights for you, Heath, specifically those little moments like that, that, uh, stood out to you in, in, or any general area we haven't discussed that you on, on the positive side, I guess if it's negative, we could allow it, but thought maybe we should give some more praise.
2: No, no, no. I, I, I mean, again, it's like I said, I, I really love the art style. I wish it was a better transfer. Yeah. That's that's one of the things I, I wish that, you know, I don't know if it's worth a restoration, but it would be nice if somebody did take the time and somebody was a big enough fan to go back and restore it. But because uh, I would like to see a widescreen, original theatrical format of this that looked a little bit better than like a SVHS or beta transfer. I think that the sound... It was a lot of times hard to hear the audio. or distinguish the the the, yeah. the dialogue from the background noise. And I think if those things were punched up, if like you were able to hear something a little bit, a better transfer, it might change their views a little bit. Of course, it doesn't save the story, but the animation is so great. I, I would really just, that's the part I want to just see. I want to see what they were able to put together. Because they're an animation house. They're still in business. They haven't gone away. Um, and there's a reason for that. And i'm sure you, when you guys talked to the tf did you talk about the heavy metal thing
0: we didn't talk anything any specific connection i mean i think maybe we mentioned it just as like a part of the era no no no
2: they they were up for working on that
0: no oh, no i didn't know that oh. so they
2: at the same time they made rock and roll so they were supposed to work with imagine how different things would have come yeah
3: yeah they
2: they were supposed to work on um heavy, uh, heavy metal but for some reason they made a decision no no we're working on this this rock and roll thing which went on to cost like eight some million dollars and never got its money back. And they would have gone bankrupt if they didn't do all these other smaller projects. Yeah. But imagine the different world if they did the heavy metal, it had the cult fame that it had, and then they were able to parlay that into other things. I mean, they they might've been like a really big animation house today.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, I think they are on the TV side. I think they're still doing stuff. Fairly Odd Parents was one of their credits, which that's a pretty recent thing. Um, but I'm looking now, Heath. There's a 25th anniversary edition Blu-ray on Amazon. Maybe that looks good. Maybe not.
2: But there's nothing that really kind of screams out about the this movie that is really worth noting outside of what we talked about. I just I think it's kind of funny that Omar is such a. But he I do want to go back actually a second. It's like you were talking about Omar not. He basically didn't do anything in the middle. But there were certain times when he would come in like you said with the tuna fish license and he would come in and suddenly he has some active business he's doing Mm -hmm. but he does that too whenever he and it's almost mockingly though and this is just this is actually something i kind of liked about omar is as much as as deplorable as he was a lot of times
0: when they finally
2: get to mock's mansion and the goons open the door he's like hi Mock. and you could tell he's like just being a dick about it yeah and he's just running through the paces and that was one of the times like how to all this time you could give a shit, you hipster. And then now suddenly <laughs> this happens and you're actively like, hi, I'm gonna be a dick. You must be this person. Yeah. I, I did like that. Those little moments, I wish I had more of those. I wish Omar had more moments like that, where he was at yeah. least, he could have been more like a a, a Tim Burton character because Tim Burton in, um, Tim Burton wasn't like actively like the greatest hero. He never, he never, saved the day. He was always sort of hapless. And he always, like, came in with gusto, but always kind of fucked things up.
0: Tim Burton?
1: Tim, you said Tim Burton.
2: Oh, sorry. Uh Jack Burton.
1: <laughs> Jack Burton.
0: Okay. Big Trouble, Little China. Yes. He's a big difference. Yeah. Big difference. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Tim Burton? What's he? You're talking-
1: Tim Burton never fucked anything up, man. He's, a, he's just a hero.
0: Jack
2: Burton's character in uh, a Big Trouble, Little China. He always come in as, like, this hero that was fairly hapless. I wish, like, Omar had that potential. And I, oh, I wish he had more of that sort of gusto going into scenes where he was just kind of getting in the way. And he didn't yeah. have to be the hero that was always saving the day. He could have been the person that came in, had an opinion about something, did something, and still failed spectacularly, which is what, like, a Jack Burton did. Not a Tim Burton.
1: Right. Jack well, Burton. I mean, he, he did. But exactly, like, that's <laughs> what he needed to do. He, he needed to spend the movie... Failing at all these yeah. things, so he could just like become like humble or something, and then we could say, okay, something, yeah. Like, yeah, you've been through some shit, and now you can kind of let go of your ego and you know save the day. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, hundred like, percent. I mean, 100%. all he has to do is share the stage at the end, and that would pay off the beginning. Like, but he just he disappears so much that when it does happen in this yeah. version, it's like, yeah okay, don't really care. Uh, yeah. But Craig, anything else that that hasn't been discussed?
1: Uh, the only other thing I just wanted to uh, shine a spotlight on a, a moment that I really liked they were tilting down I think this was when Angel was getting snuck out of the out of Mock's place I can't be sure but there was one bit where they were, the camera's just tilting down these buildings and just random pipes and shit and there's a cat on one of these oh, pipes yeah. who just kind of looks up at you and then scratches at you and then you just keep going down I was like that's what a nice little detail I really yeah. appreciate that kind of stuff I love that. I love, especially in this kind of stuff, I love that, just that, you know, what's happening in the background? What's happening over here on the side? And like, just like the club scene is so great, just because there's so much detail, so much stuff going on. That's for me.
0: Yeah. I I thought the backgrounds in general in this movie were sometimes just like amazing. And they're, you know, it's so different from stuff today, like, you know, a Pixar movie because it's just still, like it's... (laughs) There's nothing moving right. in the background for the most part, but yeah. I thought they were pretty detailed, and it had that sort of, you know, at times it's got that kind of like almost Blade Runner look a little bit for that neo noir, oh, sure. for you know, and kind of dug. I mean, there were parts of that final show that I'm like, I, I don't know, like what am I looking at exactly because it was so dark for a concert, you know, let alone anything else. And then the demon comes up, and the demon is what it is, this big red thing with with fangs and horns, but there was that, like, portal that had opened up, I guess, in the floor or whatever. And that thing just looked super trippy. And, like, it almost messed up with my perspective of, like, is this flat or what am I looking at here? Like, the pain (laughs) of existence that it it had there. I thought was kind of cool. And then, of course, Mock ends up falling to his demise in there. But I can't leave out this fun fact, and I would never have guessed this for this movie, and that is that it ends... With a literal rainbow over the end credits, I don't know if you stuck around to watch. There's just a rainbow on screen, and I was like, I don't, I don't yeah. think there's a rainbow in this world per se. And then it said Care Bears coming soon. I was like, that exactly and feels like, oh, like a Care Bears weird. moment. Wow. Yes. Well, that's
3: really
2: strange. I, I watched the credits. I didn't. I didn't see the rainbow. You
0: didn't see the rainbow? Oh, I, I was. I
1: do not remember the the rainbow myself.
0: Okay. Well, uh, I watched it on Amazon. It's there. In fact, I can. I'll send you the link to. It's right here on YouTube, too. So it's there, folks. Jesus, H. Well, that's good.
2: It's that subtle.
0: I think this is, you know, it's just one of these movies that, for better or worse, Heath, I think that's that's probably it. It's a nostalgia thing. Like, it, it, yeah. if that's where it's going to appeal to people. I can't imagine a kid under the age of 10 thinking anything whatsoever of this movie other than probably being But I don't even think it's made
2: for a kid under 10.
0: It's certainly it's not. not, yeah. It yeah, was no. never
2: even intended for that. This is right. definitely in a young adult and it's for a certain time. It's definitely targeted towards 20 somethings and teens from that time period. It's not, it's not something that's going to interest you unless you were alive at that time, unless you like the nostalgia that you just weren't privy to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of I am kind of like wondering now, like what age would have been the primary audience in 83? Because it's, you know, I don't know. Like Iggy Pop, that's it's not like he's on MTV in 1983, is he? Lou Reed, maybe? I don't think so.
1: No.
2: It, but it might have been like an older...
0: Debbie Harry. It might have been like it. an older
2: generation trying to... You know, it's kind of like when uh, Ed Norton had a good point about uh, in Fight Club where they were going through the streets and the last car that they hit is this uh, Volkswagen Bug. It's like a new Volkswagen Bug. And he hated it because he said it just felt like the boomers... We're forcing onto the Gen X generation their bullshit. And I think to some degree, that's kind of what this feels like. They might have. And look, I'm not saying it's bullshit, obviously. Cheap yeah. Trip's great and Iggy Pop's great. Oh, yeah. Um, But, you know, I think that maybe it might have been a, just a slight generational difference. And they were taking that and sort of making their own yeah or cartoon and, and selling it that way.
1: Well, you know, on that point, though, did anyone hear Iggy Pop's voice or am I crazy?
0: I remember hearing his voice. I remember there was a song. The hell it's Pain of, what and was suffering. It called. Pain and suffering, yeah. And that oh, I think and... I think it was at the end.
1: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: When he when he's at the
2: carnage hall. No, 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 he's at the power plant. He's at the power plant. He's actually doing
1: that song. I thought he was the voice of the demon.
0: No, I thought Paul Lamont ended up Well, who did uh oh the voice of no. the demon? I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. I mm.
1: thought he was cuz cuz I thought I thought um Lou Reed was Mock's voice singing.
0: Well, there's you read the
2: two songs, I yeah. think, two or three, and then Iggy did one, but they're all mock songs.
0: Well, IMDb, oh. yeah, says that uh, Iggy Pop did the monster's voice, but it was oh, it must have go. been heavily. Well you're processed. right,
1: he, he he sings in pain and suffering. Iggy Pop sings on pain and suffering. That's okay. Well, of course I'm right. Yeah, sorry, I'm really sorry.
0: Yeah. I
2: mean, every time I come on to do this podcast, I mean, come on, It's
0: always just about how right I am. Jeez. (laughs) I mean,
2: I've told you it's in the contract. You signed it. Yeah, we did. (laughs) I'm right. (laughs) All right.
0: We'll we'll (laughs) take a little bit less of our royalties cut on this one and just give it to you, Heath, of course. Mm -hmm. I guess my instinct is it's probably like a crowd that's over 25, I would have to say, in 83, if I'm doing my math. Maybe. You know? Because, like, Blondie was ahead of that. I don't know.
2: But no, it's like, even when we were young back then, we didn't have the internet. So we were always listening to what, if you had older brothers, you were listening, or older siblings, sure. you would listen to whatever yeah. they were what they, they were listening to. Yeah. So I, I think that younger people, look, it's not like I went to see a Pink Floyd concert in the 1970s or anything, you know? <laughs> but so, I, it doesn't mean I wasn't listening to that shit. I, it's like anything yeah. that people were listening to that were older than us, we would listen to. Today... You know the kids are different. They're they're in tune with their forums and like the the Discord servers and whatever else. Like they're they have pockets that they're into that we never had. So I could see being a teenager in the year 1983 and having being interested in like Iggy Pop because yeah. that's what the older kids were listening to. So I, I I think I I think that would work. I think it's like we we shouldn't be anachronistic and take our current era that we live in now and use that as a lens to look at the past
0: yeah that's a good point i mean i feel like yeah if you made a movie right now that was like starring the voices of oasis and everclear (laughs) and you know it's just like anybody under 25 could just give a shit like they ain't going like that means nothing probably i i might be wrong but that's also, you're talking about like, that's a long time ago.
2: Like, <laughs> Oasis hasn't had a hit in fucking ever.
0: Well, I don't. So I don't
2: you
3: know if that's it. That,
2: yeah, that's but not
0: maybe not. But I don't. I'm telling you, I don't think. I think it had been a while since Lou Reed or, or Iggy Pop had been on the charts. I've got the top 100 singles of 1983. You want to guess oh, what it, number one was?
1: Thriller? Billie Jean?
0: You're super close. That was number two, Craig. Beat it. No, it wasn't Michael no, Jackson. Beat it
1: it's not michael jackson it's
0: a police song
1: oh, oh. Um, uh, take my breath
2: away
0: that's not the police but yeah it's every breath you take,
2: <laughs> take every breath, breath you take that's what i meant <laughs> who's saying take your breath away
0: berlin wow yeah so you got minute work michael jackson's on again hauling oats eurythmics culture club eddie rabbit i guess you know maybe there's some stuff still floating around bowie's on there list but dance. that
2: was like poppy stuff that was stuff that we would listen uh, to as yeah, kids I know. when we were young I know. but if you if yeah. you if i was a teenager in 83 i might think billy jean was a little
0: dumb because it wasn't cool yeah i'm just it
1: was,
2: saying it was, well it's, no, it's yeah, not i rough. mean yeah it's, it's not, not rough. It's, like that's like dance rough. music it's too pop
0: yeah. yeah it's too pop but uh okay.
2: at the age that billy jean came out i remember actually going home and turning on mtv and that video came on and i just it thought it was something so drastically different than anything i've seen before i was glued to my tv yeah yeah and i was in middle school not to or no elementary school
1: you were in high school okay i was in college a high school senior <laughs>
0: i was in grad school i i, I was working on my masters <laughs> yes let's
2: be honest <laughs> fuckers. <laughs>
0: earth wind and fire was on this chart though at number 100 so at least they're represented wow. there
2: not with this song that they use in this film.
0: Yeah. You know, ultimately it doesn't matter because nobody even knew about this movie when it came out because it was on like three screens. Uh, so Seriously, they wouldn't yeah. have had a chance to go anyway. But it is kind of interesting and in just trying to think about like where would you draw the line content wise if you were doing this today? Would you go for something that plays to a little bit older crowd because that's probably what you're hoping for anyway and, and push the envelope a little bit more? But I don't know. I don't know what have we had sausage party as far as like adult animated features in the past 10 years i don't think it's the same
1: yeah but like even that doesn't doesn't ever feel as dangerous to me as something like this feels oh yeah like this feels like something st- truly tasteless could happen in this. <laughs> whereas sausage party like i know that's what they're going for and they're going to yeah. be very shocking yeah. but it's like eh. like it's well, not like oh i'm going to see something i can't believe
2: but do you actually bring up a good point Even looking at it back on the lens of sort of like how we look at things politically today, you know, watching something from 1983, you always look at it like, okay, how are they going to say something that's going to be inappropriate by today's measure? And I didn't really feel that. In fact, it was a fairly empowering story about Angel. She came off as really being the protagonist more so than Omar by means
0: Way more than him, yeah.
2: And, and it, it was, it was it, but I feel like a lot of those movies back in the day were like that. They were, a lot of times, it's almost like a screwball comedy where the guy's kind of a buffoon and the woman's got it together. This kind right. of felt like that. Like, she never felt like she was out of She even conspired and tricked Cindy into believing, right. you know, something, a story so she could get out.
0: Yeah. She's and
2: the only
1: capable good character like yeah he's the only yeah <laughs> like everyone else is definitely what about dizzy Dizzy. Fuck dizzy,
3: up? dizzy, dizzy.
0: Yeah.
1: sure sure dizzy true. Yes, sure. but
0: he also has to defer to his friends it feels it feels like so he was yeah. you know hurt by default perhaps yeah that's a good point she is somewhat scantily clad i guess in her empowerment on stage but maybe not her fault i think that was maybe mox doing perhaps that's fine with the wardrobe so we can blame that off but Anyway, it, it is interesting, and I do think you're right. I don't know that there's anything particularly objectionable as far as just uh, being a victim of time, which is kind of a pleasant surprise.
2: It's not like watching a Fritz the Cat movie, which they made two back in the day, mm-hmm. and yeah. watching those and watching it through the lens of the day. I mean, I couldn't imagine young people watching a Fritz the Cat movie today. They would be like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. yeah and you might feel really uncomfortable watching with them. Whereas this you could be like, okay, there was nothing that they did that no, didn't it's pretty fit harmless. Yeah. Yeah, today yeah. in 2020 which is kind of remar- uh, miraculous though.
0: Rock and Roll, pretty harmless. That's my blurb. Um <laughs> That's good. no, I think people should check it out. It's on Amazon Prime as we mentioned, it's on YouTube. It's uh it's a pretty quick movie, I think. It, it's 100 and uh, what do we got? 77 minutes. Yeah, not even 100 minutes. And it, it certainly moves quickly uh, within that time. So easy breezy thing. I'm very curious to see things like this. And if there's one that I'm just not aware of, I'd say beyond heavy metal, that has a bit more success to it as far as finding an audience that maybe I'm just not familiar with. Because I I just wonder like you know seeing those other recommendations from Amazon was that just the fate of all these movies for this time you know it's, do you remember the
2: names of them at all or
0: like, I'll look them up right now but like it it yeah. seems like an idea that would make sense and yet again like you get MGM and executive changes and suddenly they're like yeah no we're not putting this shit in theaters sorry we're just gonna dump it
2: limited release
0: yep but anyway. Heath, thanks for coming on. Any last thing Thank you, you want to yeah. uh, plug or say or share before no. we shuffle off? No, I
2: just thanks for having me on. And uh, I had a great time chatting with you guys and talking about this movie. It was I, I, I know it sounds like we're pretty harsh on it, but like I don't feel that way. I feel like I really enjoyed it for what it is. And uh, I thought the animation was really great.
1: Yeah, it's definitely worth seeing. Yeah.
0: Come for the animation, stay for the music, and laugh at Omar. Craig? Any last words?
1: I do a correction. The short film I was talking about is it's called Great Choice, Mm. not Good Choice. Great Choice, 2017, directed and written by Robin Commissar. You can find a trailer online, but that's all I could find. But you should definitely check it out. It's funny. It creeped me the hell out, (laughs) Uh, and that's my favorite kind of thing, right there. So
0: uh, anyway, thank you. Boom. We'll watch it. All right. See y'all next time. (laughs) Let's <laughs>